How to Survive in Room 105 by T. Jane Berry Dear Hex Girl, Principal Frazaro announced that you're substitute teaching in my kindergarten class for the next few weeks. I'm so excited. I've seen your work with the Vindicators, and just to let you know, I think it's ridiculous that you were sentenced to six months of community service over the bridge incident. Who expects you to save the city from an army of woodchipper earthworm hybrids and not take out a few historic landmarks? As we say in room 105, you get what you get and you don't get upset. And please, please don't let them get upset. Anyway, I'm a huge fan of your work and I'm so glad you've chosen Lucis Naturae Elementary School for your community service hours. You are the woman who single-handedly vanquished General Gauntlet's reliquary of poor choices. I'm positive that teaching a group of 23 kindergartners will be a piece of cake. But just in case you need them, and I'm sure that you won't, I've typed up a few itty-bitty tips to get you off on the right foot. Number one, do not show fear. Not as if you ever would. I mean, you bested many man using his own laser scalpel. By the way, who would have guessed his veins were filled with bacitracin? It's no wonder our bacteria bombs had barely any effect. But just so you're aware, the kids in room 105 can sense fear. Literally. Three of them have emoji chip implants that can pick up 16 distinct states of mind at a range of 5 meters. In case of anxiety, they will notify the others that you are afraid. Be prepared for swarming behavior. In order to head off that outcome, I've seated those kids at the far end of the room, near Roger the Turtle. His reptile angst disrupts their emoji chip sensors. In order to be totally safe, I tend to teach from the front of the room, sticking near the windows. In the event that any of those three turn hostile, I've bookmarked a baby gets a cochlear implant and hears his mother's voice for the first time video on my web browser. Play it to drown out any other emotions except sloppy, weepy joy. The kids will back off. Probably. Two. If you absolutely must show fear, stay close to the red table. Your two allies, Jennifer and Devon, are seated there. Jen has some botany modifications, and her classroom job is to make the potted dahlia in the corner bloom daily. It's kind of nice, actually. She has a gluten allergy, so give her an afternoon snack out of the bottom cabinet. If she eats any weed at all, the flowers start to smell like sulfur and weak-old cadavers. Devon can scale vertical surfaces, which is useful when school supplies float to the ceiling. The floating items could be any one of five kids. See attached lists of modifications, superpowers, and mutant abilities. Bear in mind that while Devon can reach the ceiling by clinging to a wall, he cannot hold on while completely upside down. We learned this the hard way when he crashed into the yellow table and startled Ian into setting off his firework fingernails. We lost all the paper mache self-portraits to smoldering sparks, and Roger the turtle has never been quite the same. Also, while I'm thinking of it, don't allow Tina Chen to levitate anyone, or they'll be stuck on the ceiling until the custodian brings a ladder. She can only do up, not down. And don't get Tina Chen mixed up with Tina McNamara, who will pretend she can levitate people, but who actually turns living tissue into a gooey tar-like substance. No, if you discover a gooey tar-like substance anywhere in the classroom, do a head count and collect it for DNA analysis. Three. If the kids claim that someone is on fire, confirm first before calling 911. I've hung an infrared temperature gun on the wall behind my desk. 
donated by the generous and hardworking heroes of the Tycho Vista Fire Department, point a sensor at the supposed fire and wait for a temperature reading to confirm actual combustion. Salvatore is able to create flame-like protrusions from his hands, but they've so far proved harmless and heat-free. He mostly uses the false conflagration to incite panic in new staff members. Remember, temperature gun before fire extinguisher. I made a little rhyme for the kids to say in the morning. Extinguisher if hot, time out if not. 4. The panic button under the table is useless. Sorry. Shoshana disabled the circuits with her last electromagnetic pulse tantrum, and the custodian hasn't been able to get it working again. In the event of an emergency, make your way to the intercom by the door and call for backup. If, hypothetically, you become blocked at your desk by, let's just say, a, a sentient hedgerow, I've set up a backup communication system with the main office. A pair of semaphore flags hang by the window. Wave them over your head to get security's attention. Then form the letters NC, which is a universal distress call. See the semaphore diagram. I suggest practicing before class. It can be difficult to perform the maneuver while being gnawed at by an arbor vitae, hypothetically speaking. 5. Check your radiation levels frequently. You're not immune to radiation, are you? I remember back in Aught 3 when you went after Scintillator and ended up with some pretty severe radiation burns. I'm gonna assume not, so I left you a stack of rad safe badges in my top drawer. Clip a fresh one on your uniform every day. If you see a rad spike around 7 millisieverts, that's coming from Nishan. You've let him get hangry. His radiation level can quickly rise to double the allowable dosage, so keep a bowl full of cheese crackers on the green table. Refill if necessary during the day. If you start losing hair, throw him a handful of Swedish fish and put on the lead apron hanging by the arts box. Six, steer clear of the acid creators. The bucket under the yellow table is filled with a chemical solution that can neutralize both Kenya's napalm nose boogies and Maisie's acid tears. As we head into allergy season, hang a spray bottle of the solution on Kenya's chair. Maisie has a case of the gimmies and will cry at the drop of a hat, especially during art time. It may not be fair, but making sure she gets more clay than everyone else is actually much easier than patching holes in the table and the floor and the classroom below. On a side note, Jose produces acid as well. Without going into too much detail, after he uses the restroom, put on gloves and goggles and head inside after him to make sure that he's flushed the toilet. If there are spatters, call the custodian. The entire seat will need to be replaced. Obviously, Jose is allowed full access to the restroom at any time, without a pass or raising his hand. Don't risk any accidents. The Tycho Vista sinkhole originated on the site of Jose's last preschool if you get my meaning. 7. The concrete bunker at recess is there for your protection. Don't be ashamed to use it. All of us here at Tycho Vista want to believe that we're indestructible, but the fact is, when an innocent game of dodgeball turns into running for your life from a lethal freeze ray emanating from the eyes of a petulant five-year-old, even the best of us can curl into a fetal position and cry. No matter what the fourth grade teachers whisper behind your back, you feel free to get into that vault and to hunker down. There's no shame in staying alive to fight another day. 8. Vacuum seal your trash. 
you'll notice there are no trash cans in our classroom. One of the kids, we suspect Olive, created a functioning society of living beings out of construction paper scraps in the bottom of our wastebasket. The poor custodian nearly committed genocide on recycling day. The species now resides safely in the science lab, but now all trash bits should be placed in sealed bags and held out of sight until the end of the day. 9. Keep earplugs on your person at all times. If Yan slips her pudgy little hand into yours and says, I like you, teacher, do not engage. Shove in your earplugs as fast as possible, drop to the floor, and lay face down and perfectly still. You'll feel a tingling sensation in your extremities, and you may possibly see visions of your own early demise, but Yan probably will lose interest at some point between 1 and 44 minutes. Only then is it safe for you to get up and to resume teaching. And wash that hand pronto. The doctor says I'll be able to return from medical leave in four to six weeks, a little longer if the arbor vitae bites become infected. You can do this. Miss Geraldine, aka the Dark Flame. This has been a podcast on miniature. We hope this episode will help to usher in a fantastic new school year for the many parents and students preparing to go back this week. And act as a reminder to all the teachers out there that you're doing a great job. And it could always be worse. This story is a podcastle original and was written by T. Jane Barry and narrated by me, podcastle co-editor Jen Albert. T. Jane Barry has held various jobs, including IT manager, political blogger, bakery owner, and a disastrous two weeks as a line worker in a razor blade factory. She now writes science fiction, fantasy, and horror from the outskirts of Seattle with considerably fewer on-the-job injuries. Her fiction has appeared in Clowns, the unlikely cholerophobia remix. You can find her on Twitter at T. Jane Barry. Of this story, T. Jane Barry says, I wrote this story a year after volunteering in my son's kindergarten class. Despite a talented veteran teacher, there were occasionally some unspoken signals and 26 kids banded together to gang up on us. Frankly, on a good day, it was barely controlled chaos. I can't imagine teaching a class full of emerging superhumans. Thanks for listening.